Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it used to be, man, if there was 31 runs scored in a game, it took like four and a half hours. But now, I mean, that game was three hours long. Well, unfortunately, the Batcats and their four-game winning streak comes to an end. 18-13, the final in Colorado Springs as K-State splits the series with Air Force. And up next, a three-game series with West Virginia. Six o'clock, first pitch at Toyton Family Stadium on Friday. Pre-game starts at 5.30. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner and Troy Coverdale with you from the K-Man studio. And he's uh, taking his chair right now as we transition things across the way to uh, get things rolling here. It is Wednesday. Hopefully we'll be having D.Y. here on in just a moment. Uh, as I do obviously want to talk uh, some K-State basketball with D.Y., he was there in New York City and in Greensboro, North Carolina, to watch the Elite Eight run for the Wildcats. Uh, first, though, I will actually, uh, until we get D.Y. on, we'll bring you the breaking news from earlier today with K-State Hoops, and that is K-State forward Ish Masood has entered the transfer portal. Now, I will say, my initial reaction was a fan reaction. So there was two different reactions to this news. I think one as a fan surprised uh, because of, well, the recent success for Ish Masood. The way he was shooting the ball, he became Big 12-ish, shooting the three really well over 40%. And he was hitting some huge shots in the Michigan State game, and he hit the go-ahead three against Kentucky. So it's like, no, Ish, what are you doing? Where are you going? But if you really like stop and think about his situation, what maybe he was expecting heading into the season when it came to his role on the team, uh, his role diminished. The big reason he came to Casey in the first place a couple of years ago was wanted to be a starter, wanted to be a star, wanted to be a key guy. Well, unfortunately for Ish Masood, those things – Probably not going to fight it at K-State. He struggled there in non-con play, role diminished. In a couple of games, he barely played. And then he got more of an opportunity. Found a role when Big 12 play started. Started hitting some threes, a catch-and-shoot wing three-point guy. Was never the best defender. But man, could he shoot the basketball in Big 12 play and into the NCAA tournament. Uh, as a fan, going back to the fan reaction though, the fan reaction is 
thank you ish. Thank you for the memories, man. You want to talk about two completely different seasons he was a part of. He was one of two, of course, with Marquise Noel. That were the two guys left from last year's team. A team that was three games below 500 last year, and then this year, under first-year head coach Jerome Tang, was an Elite Eight run. Two completely different years. And yes, his role did diminish, but man, did he leave us with some memories. And some huge three-pointers. I mean... Those are some of the biggest highlights of the year. Overtime victory at Baylor. That was, in my opinion, the launch pad for what this team could be by winning that game. Not just that game, but also winning on the road to Texas, where the team scored a record in in points. So Ish was a huge part of this K-State run in 2022-23. Yes, his role wasn't what he wanted it to be. I mean, heck, prior to that, he didn't really play the role when because that he probably wanted because he had to play some of the five. And he's not really a five. That stretch four type of guy, and he wants to be more of a key role guy, I would imagine. I'm sure there was a conversation that was had at the training facility. The, the, you know, the details were laid out. And potentially, Ish just, it wasn't his thing. He wanted a little bit more in his last year collegially. Um, I'm sure he has some pretty big goals for himself. So I'm not upset at all. Are we going to miss Ish? Absolutely. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss Ish. I really am. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's for the better. Like, guys have to part ways. And it's, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world. Could be, it could benefit both parties extremely well all right Troy we uh ready to go all right all right it's Wednesday and you know what that means AEW Dynamite tonight from St. Louis didn't have a chance to say this last week but AEW was in Kansas City last week and I would have been there if it wasn't for the Cats being good going in an NCAA you know tournament run and going to New York City I had to skip it this time for the first time ever I had to miss Dynamite in Kansas City and apparently missed one of the greatest matches in AEW history taking place with Kenny Omega uh, but I will say tonight Cole Adam Cole back in action for the first time in like eight months Kenny Omega Defending the IWGP United States Championship against New Japan Pro Wrestling star Jeff Cobb, who's 40 years old, and he is a chiseled gentleman that looks like he's 25. But we are also joined by Derek Young from K-State Online. D.Y., later in the show, Troy is going to do us a big favor and help us in a big way preview the Royals 2023 season. Okay, You're a Cincinnati Reds guy, and I saw Vegas has set the Reds win- over under at 65 and a half. Oh, jeez. What would you take? Because, you know, I, I know the Reds aren't expecting to be, you know, the best team in the world. As a matter of fact, I think, were they the last worst team last year? Uh, they were definitely in the running. I don't know if it firmly uh, finished that way. Uh, fun fact, well, not fun for me, the Reds have not won a playoff series since they went wire to wire and won the World Series in 1990. Ouch. So as a betting man, are you going to take the over or the under on 65 and a half wins? 
I would probably just go over because very few teams lose over 100 games and that'd be flirting with it. But, man, I wouldn't put much down on it. That's for sure. And, Troy, what did you say the Royals are set at? 60, was it 68 and a half? 68 and a half. I knew it was somewhere in that yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. So well, would, Yeah, that's on FanDuel. So. I would take the over on that. Like the, the, the difference between the Reds and the Royals is that the Royals' young talent is already up, and the Reds is still pretty much sitting in the minors because it's not major league ready yet. Uh, the Royals is. It, it came up last year, and they had a kind of a nice little run at the end of the season. I think that's kind of underselling the Royals a little bit. All right, one more thing before we really jump into the Cats here, but it does have to kind of do with the Cats here. Um so for our, our recent trips, and I, I don't travel a whole lot as a member of the media, because um, usually when I'm at a game, it's not as media. It's as a PA announcer. Uh, yeah. But I did get to travel. Thank you to Corey Dean for allowing me to travel to Greensboro, North Carolina, and New York City. Two that are cities, but they're uh, really different cities. Where would yeah. you rather move to, D.Y.? Greensboro or NYC? Uh, New York. Um, I'm not... I'm not like a big city. Like I like cities, but it's not like I must live in a city, even though I did pick Kansas city at first when, when given the choice, but uh, New York is a, you could kind of, I was, I was surprised by New York. I didn't think that I would enjoy it as much as I did. I thought it was a little bit easier to get around and, and less intimidating than what people would probably make it out to be like, if you ask me Greensboro or New Orleans, I would immediately say Greensboro, even though mm-hmm. Greensboro doesn't have a whole lot of flash to it. No. Like there there are times where you feel a little bit of intimidated and fearful in New Orleans because that's it's just cut from a different cloth and it's you know a little bit grosser to to put it lightly and the people there can be a little scarier. In New York I didn't really get that impression. So I would I would go New York and then Greensboro and then New Orleans. With the the K State team, their season ends in the late eight with a three point loss to to Florida Atlantic, and I'll be honest with you, like as a true like K State fan, I'm having a tough time turning the page. I'm still a little bit you know sad, right, that the uh, the run stopped at the Elite eight because I felt like I I was le- I was definitely left wanting more, and I felt like this team was definitely had more in store for a, a deeper run. Was that your reaction after the buzzer sounded in New York City in the Elite Eight? I mean, when instantly when the buzzer sounds, it's like oh gosh, what what could have been? But I think I've been able to turn the page quicker than most everyone else because your kind of description of that just now was akin to what I heard this morning when I recorded a three mile episode with Cole Manbeck and John Kurtz, um, having a tough time turning the page. And I've heard that from some of the administration folks at Kansas state as well. And, and I imagine some of that is just the, the capital that has been built up over time because it happened in 2010 It happened in 2018 and now 2023 as well. So it's three straight trips that we can all remember, of course, but eight straight in general trips to the Elite Eight that have culminated with a loss and not advancing to the Final Four. It's a less sting, less burn for me probably because I just have endured less of that pain than some of you other fans have become, you know, face-to-face with. Because for me, it was like instantly you're like, ah, you know, a little disappointment, right? I mean, I think that is normal. But for me, I like... I'm still like, man, you really, yes, you set the bar high, 
but you're like Jerome Tang gives a taste of what we can kind of expect it, and just uh, the expectation is going to be higher, but I think the performance is going to be higher. I think that's just, I think it's a jumping off point. I think uh, there's a lot more to come. The best is still to come. Uh, I'm excited. This year made me, even with that ending, I it made me more excited of what's to come for Kansas State basketball. Speaking with Derek Young from K-State Online and, I still haven't had a time like to properly like break down every senior. I, it's something I kind of like to do, just kind of given their moment to talk about him a little bit and share what I liked about him. Uh, because I, I keep going back to the run that Marquise Noel had, even though I should be talking talking a ton about Desi Sills and Keontae Johnson. I keep finding myself going back to Marquise Noel, and kind of the bookend on his run was Drum Tang mentioning that he wants to, he would love to see. You know, Noel and Johnson honored to have their name up in the rafters someday. And I was like, you know, Keontae, that'd be a little bit of a stretch, I feel. But, you know, Marquise Noel, he may have very well had the best single individual single season in program history. And I went back and looked at the number or the uh, the points he contributed to, not just as a scorer, but also on his assists. And that turned out to be 48 percent of the scoring when you combine the both uh, combine the two. Uh with Marquis Noel, I know you've seen a lot of live basketball, but with him setting the new K-State single-season record for assists, for steals, uh, for minutes, he was a top-10 performer in three-point shooting. He was a top-10 scorer in K-State history. Is, is this one of the best overall seasons you've ever seen from an individual? Also set the NCAA tournament record for a game yeah. with an assist. He's a first team all big 12 third team all american i mean it's up there i think what he did in the tournament now he doesn't have the big 12 player of the year award that dean wade has and that's probably just because kansas won the big 12 and he doesn't have the big 12 championship that you know dean and barry have but i think what he did in the tournament solidified to me that marquise noel despite only being two years in manhattan probably deserves a spot in the rafters at the end of the day you're not going to hear any argument from me, man. I did so much research yesterday just to kind of back it up. And like, I'm like, man, when your points and assists add up to almost 50% of the scoring, I mean, that's a performance that's really hard to ignore. Yeah. And I think it's a, like you said, I think it's a tougher argument for Keontae Johnson just because you lose a little bit of the longevity that, that can kind of play into those uh, honors and accolades. He was the leading scorer. He was a first team All Big 12 and he was a third team All American. But, you know, he didn't set those same records, you know, those, those same stuff. He didn't shine um, as much as Noel did in the NCAA tournament. Um, and he fouled out, you know, obviously and with only 18 minutes in the final game. Uh, a hell of a year for Keontae Johnson and nothing to take away from him. Just the argument for him compared to Noel is much tougher. And there's no doubt the... Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson duo was definitely the best duo when it comes to the points that were scored since Jacob Pullen and Denny Clemente uh, yeah. back in 2010. And as a duo, yeah, probably more even more productive than Barry Brown and Dean Wade. But the Big 12 Player of the Year thing that that mean that probably instantly puts Dean Wade in the rafters. What and Barry Brown did something without the records similar to Noel on that Elite Eight run when he took Kansas State past Kentucky in the Sweet 16, and he did it without Dean Wade. So um, Barry Brown, Marquise Noel, Dean Wade, thumbs up for me. Keontae Johnson, a little bit of a tougher sell. The sell there, if you want to 
you know, make an effort to you know, put Keontae Johnson up there. He was an All-American third-teamer by a couple of outlets. Uh, Marquise Noel was a, a four-time third-team All-American. Dean Wade, Barry Brown were not All-Americans. Um, no, no, they were not. And he, Keontae Johnson, it was from the Associated Press, too. So that's that's pretty significant. All right, DOI, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the uh, the K-State basketball team as we move now forward into the offseason. And as I said earlier in the segment, a, uh, a role player for the Cats this year has entered the transfer portal up next. You're in the game on News Radio KMAN. News Radio KMAN. Locally owned, locally managed, local talent, helping local people. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go. Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double arm kid carry. Looks like dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. We're back on the game on K-Man. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Travion Berklin is in the building. And it's Wednesday, so we're joined by Derek Young from K-State Online as we uh, continue to talk about K-State hoops, and I still try to use with all my might to turn the page and try to transition into K-State football, even though I need a great refresher uh, on that one to refresh my memory. But sticking with hoops, the breaking news from earlier this afternoon, as a matter of fact, I believe it was right around Colin Klein heading up to the podium or a little bit before offensive coordinator Colin Klein stepped up and uh, to take some questions from the media that Fordish Masood has entered the transfer portal. And so I, I brought this up to uh, UDY Noso Kellis. And I was like, you know, I was like kind of surprised that like I didn't have him first on my board to be the one in the portal. I was totally reacting as a fan. You two totally pickled me on this uh, because I'm like, ish, man, you just hit some great shots for us. We love you now. And by the way, I thought he was a great interview. Uh, these past couple weeks at the uh, at the NCAA tournament, you were more logical about it. Dy, tell us about what this means for K State now that Ish is in the portal. 
Yeah, I wasn't surprised in ways I was probably leaning towards him exiting. I, I kind of hinted at that in a, in a prior article this week and on Three Mall Podcast that I thought if there was a question about whether or not they were would be any attrition, my first on my list was probably-ish. Look, the guy that probably kept him at Kansas State to begin with and not entered the transfer portal when all of his other teammates did was Marquise Noel, and now Marquise Noel's eligibility has expired. So it's just kind of ish left over. So I think that can kind of leave a sense of discomfort a little bit because the guy that you, the only guy that you kind of been here locking arms with is now leaving as well. And 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 I think there's probably an inkling for ish to des- that probably desires a greater role at Kansas State, right? Like this year, there was, you know, the most he's going to get is 20 to 25 minutes, but there was plenty of games where he got less than 15. Um, Recency bias allows us to remember him in a great way, and I'm very appreciative of that. And we remember the significant shots that he did take and did did click on, whether it be Baylor, Oklahoma State, or a few in the tournament, like against Michigan State and Kentucky. We're going to remember those, and we'll remember them fondly because of it. But at the end of the day, for much of the season, he was a, a lesser role player, as as you alluded to. And at some point, I'm sure that he would like a larger role. And, and it is my estimation that that probably was never going to happen at Kansas State. Um, there's a little bit because they're just Kansas State's going to become more and more talented. I'm not saying that they're going to have more than two All-Americans. They'll probably have less than two All-Americans most of the time. But one through 13, Kansas State's going to be a more talented roster with each year that Jerome Tang is in the saddle as head coach of the Wildcats. Because you got to think about it, coming out of the red shirt, a guy that's been raved about big time that will be playing Ish's position is Taj Manning. So they're going to be working to get him more and more minutes in 2023-2024 season. Michaela Bridge from St. Louis, they just signed out of high school. I don't think he's a automatic redshirt candidate. I think he's a guy that can get minutes right away. Obviously, the guards as well that they signed. They have a lot more players to give minutes to next year because they are worth it, um, worthy of it. And that was going to make it difficult for Ish's role to really change in any considerable way. He would probably be the same player next year that he was this year. The fans were like, hey, I love that. He, knocking down the shots, we need that. Yeah, but at some point, you know, he probably desires something a little bit larger, a little bit different, a little bit more significant. And if he wants that, um, he has to find it elsewhere. So it's probably a, a mutual separation here that'll probably be good for both sides. What uh, was brought up in our group chat earlier, and I, I remember hearing about this. It was one of my favorite things I'd heard all season long about the potential of a player or like a comparison to an NBA player was Taj Manning and about how he's basically a copy of, isn't it Kawhi Leonard? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's almost a little bit of a joke though. I don't think I don't, I wouldn't consider it that because I don't Kawhi Leonard's going to play on the wing. Taj Manning, I think he's going to play closer to the basket. Speaking with Derek Young from Case center line. So back to ish. Do you have a thought on like where a player like him would actually land with one year of eligibility and into the transfer portal, like what kind of school would be looking to pick him up? Yeah, I'm curious because I'm sure there's a few high majors that'll actually probably be pretty interested in his services because of how he shot the ball for Kansas State this past season. Everybody will take a 45 to 50% three-point shooter. My thing is with Ish is like, um, it'll be tough because if he does that, if he takes that high major up on 
you know what they want to provide then it's probably going to be a similar role as to the one that he owned at Kansas State I think to play more minutes to play a significant role to be a bona fide starter he might have to go a level down and we'll see if that's what he's content with doing um and i wonder if he'd rather get get back closer to the big apple rather than the little apple as well all right so help us set the table here about the current situation with k-state and the transfer portal we're, we're looking at three spots to fill now right yes it's up to three because you had those five seniors with with, with Tyke green bay bay desi sills noel and Keontae Johnson. You add in a six because he's entering the transfer portal as a graduate senior using his COVID year in, in Ish Masood. So you have six. You sign three high school dudes in Rich, Jones, and Ames. So it leaves three spots left. Well, let me ask you this. Does that feel like heading into this next phase, the offseason, getting ready for next year, like, all right, now that there's three spots open to use for the transfer portal, like that actually feels like a pretty solid mix? Yeah, it's a really good solid mix. I agree. Um, it's healthy. Um, you just got to get scoring, and you got to get a little older, right? Because you're just th- you just redshirted three guys. So those guys are coming out of their redshirts, and you're bringing in three true freshmen as well. So that's that's six that didn't play any minutes for you last year. Um, the rest of the seven um, will will not be that. So that's why you need three transfers. Kind of get a little older, get some experience. And then you'll you're left with four that did play, I believe, and that's Dorian Finister a little bit, yeah. And then and then what? Gasson, Tomlin, and Cam Carter. Was it Drell Colbert that just teased the hell out of us in the Washington? He played in the exhibition. Yeah, he played in the exhibition, and he got five to six, seven minutes there at the end with a spur with a bunch of blocked shots. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a guy that's. You no, know, physically he needs to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. But he has, the, you know, he's similar. I mean, the length is right there with Naquan Tomlin, except he's probably is going to play in the paint where Tomlin can play a little bit of everywhere. Well, hey, getting bigger, getting stronger—who doesn't, right? I've been saying that since I was like twelve. Um, does Dy have an eye on anybody when it comes to the transfer portal? Like, if you're a coach and you're like, you see this guy pop in the portal that's already in. I mean, I'm not trying to tell you to, hey, make a prediction on who's going to jump in, but anybody already in there, you're like, I like this guy. I think it'd be a good addition. Yeah, there's there's a couple. Um, and I think one's probably just entered that most think is just going to end up back at LSU, and that's the Tulane transfer and Jalen Cook, who just had an, a really good year, averaged 20 points per game, and was like a 30, he's like a career 38% three-point shooter. He was at LSU for a year, transferred to Tulane, has been there for two seasons. Now I saw where maybe he's going back to LSU. Uh, I mean, that one would make some sense for, for Kansas State to really like Jalen Cook um, out of Tulane. But I, I just don't, that seems like it might be a tough task if LSU is already kind of the leader in the clubhouse and he's already been there before. So maybe just going back. Quincy Olivari from Rice has some really numbers that kind of, catch my eye a little bit. I know some are kind of enamored with Jaden Epps from Illinois. Um, I don't think Ken's the tat contact just yet. Then I know some are enamored with uh, Severe Wheeler, the guard out of Kentucky, because he, he has that, I guess, physical profile and is more of a distributor, got better as a shooter at Kentucky, averaged 14 and 7 at Georgia the year before. 
But uh, man, with only and now I was saying with only two spots, but now you have three. You still have to be a little bit picky, and you better know what what else is to come in the portal. So you just don't take the three that you like mm-hmm. now, and then have buyer's remorse because some guy you know enters the portal in two weeks. You're like, man, I wish I could take him. So you got to be somewhat picky and somewhat have your ear to the ground and know who's still might enter the transfer portal as well. Yeah, that's a good point. When when does when does the portal close? I forgot the date. May, May 11th, 60 days. Well, there you it's go. A, it's a, it, the window's open for 60 days. It'll close on May 11th. It's already been open for a couple of weeks, isn't that right? Correct. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. We got you for a couple more minutes, uh, two or three-ish. Uh, real quick, just give me some – see, I'm still trying to turn the page, right? Like, imagine – the Cats lose in the Elite Eight, and I remind myself, oh, yeah, Deuce Vaughn isn't coming back. I took, I had to take a week's vacation already just for reminding myself about that. Um, give me some storylines. Because it feels like, a, you know, obviously, yes, K-State's losing some guys early to the draft, but heading into the offseason, it kind of feels like just your typical offseason. What are, you, to you, the, the key storylines heading into the spring and the rest of spring football? Yeah, it's a good question. I think for me, the main thing was keeping Colin Klein. So you have that in order, and I and I think that's a that's not a that's not some small thing. I think he, I think he was offered the Notre Dame job for a reason. I think he's one of the best offensive minds in the game right now, and Kansas State's lucky to have him. So having that with a returning quarterback, Will Howard, and those two could probably finish each other's sentences. I think that's a I think that's a pretty incredible staple to kind of jump off with. You have to, you have to kind of rectify the special uh, special teams sorry you have to rectify the skill positions right because you lose Cade Warner who kind of cropped up out of nowhere was pretty pretty solid last year Malik Knowles who through all of his faults still was a very productive player for Kansas State and a focal part of their offense for the better part of what three maybe four years and Deuce Vaughn who was quite frankly probably 90 percent of the Kansas State offense in a lot of ways for the last three seasons as well. So you had to rectify the skill positions. Um, they did that by, you know, hopefully the continued development of DJ Giddens in the backfield, um, who was a redshirt freshman out of Junction City a year ago. Pair that with the Florida State transfer, Trayshawn Ward, that they added at receiver. You hope that RJ Garcia takes a step forward. Jaden Jackson takes a step forward. Um, Keegan Johnson, transfer from Iowa, that they that – Colin Klein pretty much raved about quite a bit today, to be quite frank, and he doesn't normally do that. So that makes me think that Keegan Johnson is certainly headed in the right direction. You kept Phillip Brooks, so that helps out a little bit, and you had the entire offensive line back, and Ben Sin at a tight end and really splashed last season as well. So for offense, it's it's for me, it's yes, we kept Klein. Yes, Will Howard is back. we got to figure out the, the skill position units um, next, and we'll go from there. Defensively, uh, we didn't talk to anyone from there um, today, but I would say you, you got to shore up the defensive front and the defensive backfield because that's where most of the losses came from. D.Y., as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. We'll be uh, hopefully talking to you next week. Peace out. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Derek Young from K-State Online. And D.Y. mentioned it. We got to talk to Colin Klein today. I hope to play a couple of his clips later on. Plus, um we also got to talk to the position coaches. I'm like, all right, I got some time here late in the first hour. If I were to play one of those interviews back, which one would it be? I picked offensive line coach Connor Riley. And it's like, hey, we know what we're getting back. Well, I asked the question on how exactly he got roped into in his reaction to taking the postgame shirtless pictures with his offensive linemen. That's coming up next. 
Back to the game on KMA. Let's get to it right now. Connor Riley, offensive line coach at K-State, spoke to media earlier today. He started things out with giving a shout to the men's basketball team. Yes, we got the Lavender on celebrating a uh, fantastic season by our men's basketball team, one that I enjoyed thoroughly. So congratulations to Coach Tang and the rest of his staff and the entire team that provided a uh, – a ton of enthusiasm at the Riley household. You've talked often in terms of having nine or ten deep on the offensive line. What's the number this year? Yeah, I think actually this year we're a little bit closer. I know last year we were striving for eight or nine, and really uh, after Taylor's injury, that was impactful, and we still had a, a few guys that we felt confident about, but there were some injuries that, that – held a few of those guys in their development back. But I feel pretty confident about our depth right now. And Coach Kleiman has mentioned um, that one of our goals throughout this spring practice is really to increase that depth. And not only in situations where a guy might get injured, but in situations where we can take advantage of that depth within the team and also uh, keep guys as fresh as possible. The fact that everybody back likely won't be here next year also is that do you kind of need to to get some game experience for some of the younger guys that's part of what you you would say you know obviously with the anticipation of four of those guys who could potentially leave after this year three of them who uh, for sure will be um completing their eligibility uh creating um, a, a situation where you're not um, replacing just four guys with game experience is something that's in the back of your head. But at the end of the day, we need to do what's going to give us the best opportunity to win football games. Taylor's healthy. He'll, he'll push to get time. But what other young guys are out there that might actually challenge for a starting spot? Well, it, it's hard to determine right now after six periods because, or excuse me, six practices because you do have so much experience. Some of the younger guys, um, Taylor's is doing some individual drills, is not doing team drills, but he's much further along than where he was this time a year ago. So that is encouraging. And I feel like he's moving better now in individual than he was even in fall camp this past year. So obviously a name you mentioned, I've been very pleased with Carver Willis. You know, he and I had a conversation, brief one, just uh, just a few days ago with how impressed I am with his play. Um, there's needs to be some consistency factors that go along with it. Um, Andrew Linegang, and we've settled with Andrew a little bit more in the interior position, um, in part because I'm excited about the uh, three redshirt freshmen um, the young man who joined us this past spring, or excuse me, this past fall, I've been very, very pleased with is uh, Sam Hector. I think Hector's been doing a phenomenal job, and he's been getting a lot of reps against, you know, the interior starting three, which I think are pretty good for our defense with Oos and, and uh, Deuce and uh, um, that whole crew. So i um, been pleased. Those those are just a few of the names. Um, John Pastore, John Pastore can, can, can be pretty special. And any uh, early impressions of Ward? You're very welcome. Thank you. You're running back, Ward. Yeah, it's it's hard with the limited contact he's in right now. Mm-hmm. He is very smooth. He's violent with his cuts. And the thing I made a comment to uh, about someone today is he gets vertical, and he gets vertical fast. He's got great vision and great change of direction. So, you know, the guys are – defenders are being smart um, because of his status right now within our football team. But uh, when he is getting incorporated, 
you go, this dude's got some juice, he's got some vision, he's got some vertical cuts, and those shoulders are square when he's attacking line of scrimmage. Whose idea was the shirtless picks after road games? I don't know. You know, whose ever idea it was at the conclusion of the Big 12 championship to put me in front um, needs to needs to be fired. Well, that's my next question. What was yes. your reaction to that idea? Did you feel like, all right, now I need to start doing some more oh, bench yeah. press? And- well, well, here's the interesting thing about that is is it was not by happenstance that I was in the back row the majority of the time. Um, after winning the uh, Big 12 championship, I think that maybe some emotions just overcame me, and I said, screw it, I'm going right in the front. Um, you know, that, that picture, uh, you know, they say that social media, that's out there forever. They're right. So, uh, in fact, uh, just about an hour ago, I got what resembles a workout. So, uh, it, it's, yeah, I, I need to get in shape. The interesting part about it is, you know, when John Pastore would go on the road, because we only do it on road games, you know, and John weighs about 292 pounds, 293 pounds right now. You know, all the older guys were like, I'm not standing next to John. I'm not standing next to John because, uh, you know, it's kind of that, that relative thing. They don't want to stand next to the, the guy who's still pretty ripped up. So, yeah, they, they have fun with it, and I want to enjoy it with them as well. Thanks, Thank you very much. All right, great seeing you. Don't mind if I got one more question for Please. you. So you mentioned right at the beginning about how fun it was to watch the run for the men's basketball team. Mm-hmm. I've been a cat all my life. Yep. You've been here for a little while. Mm-hmm. But it's fun to see, like, coaches that aren't involved in the sport react to this sport and its run like the basketball mm-hmm. team did for you guys. As a, just a fan watching at home, how emotionally draining and how nerve-wracking was it for you to watch that run? It's funny because um, – you know, after the game against Michigan State, uh, you know, I said that was uh, that was a crazy game. I was texting another lifelong um, Cav fan who I've uh, become friends with, and he goes, um, now you know what it was like watching the Big 12 championship game. And I said, well, you know, couldn't imagine what it was like on the sidelines. I just, it, it's fun watching those guys compete. It's fun um, watching those guys overcome. And is it exhausting? Yeah, sure, because you're a fan, but and you want the success for those guys, but the success that they've had this entire year is not going to be defined by just that one game. It's 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 been really cool watching them them grow throughout the course of this year, and uh, you know, as a fan, I'm just I meant what I said. I'm proud to be a K Stater. You know, this is a great time to be at Kansas State. You know, and congratulations to Gene Taylor and his his recognition earlier this week. But it's not. It's not by coincidence that that right now what is going on at K State is is going on, and and I'm just I'm very fortunate to say that uh, I'm a part of it. That's online coach Connor Riley. Hour to the game after your local news.